Is the gift of tongues for today? And how is it to be used? Is it selfish to pray for tongues for self-edification? We'll answer all those questions today on the Cross References Podcast. Welcome to the Cross References Podcast, where you learn how every small piece of the Bible tells one big story, and most importantly, how they all connect to the cross and Christ. Whether you're a new Christian or a veteran Bible reader, our goal is that God's Word will make more sense to you after every episode. This is Luke Taylor, I'm a minister, and I'm Pentecostal. That's right, I'm one of those crazy Pentecostal ministers who believes that the spiritual gifts that are spoken of in the New Testament are still in operation today. And we Pentecostals take a lot of flack, a lot of mockery, even from fellow Christians. And if you're one of those who's made fun of Pentecostals before, I want to throw you a bone here. Even if you're not Pentecostal, if you're listening, hey, I I admit, sometimes we bring it on ourselves. (laughs) Absolutely. But when it comes to spiritual gifts, just because they are used in ridiculous or improper manners at times, I'm not going to just throw the baby out with the bathwater. If some Christians misuse and even abuse spiritual gifts, I think the solution to that problem is correcting the use of spiritual gifts, not to just go and get rid of them entirely. And I think Paul would agree. That's one of the reasons that he wrote 1 Corinthians. He was bringing correction. If I could give a couple examples from that book, um, and if you got a small child around, you you might want to skip ahead about 60 seconds, maybe 30 seconds when I give these examples, because I'm talking about what else is in 1 Corinthians. But in chapter 5, The early church had a problem with an incestuous relationship between a couple of its members. So Paul warned them against abusing sex in chapter 6, but then he said sex was still a good thing in chapter 7. He didn't throw sex out just because some Christians weren't using it properly. He brought correction. When the church was misusing knowledge to pridefully puff themselves up in chapters 8 and 9, he didn't say your problem is too much knowledge. He said the problem was not enough love. So Paul brought correction. He didn't respond to one extreme by jumping to the other extreme. And when the church was misusing the Holy Spirit's gifts to the church, Paul didn't decide to just leave spiritual gifts in the dust and to stop practicing them. No, Paul's solution was to start using the gifts properly. And so that's what I'd like to talk with you about today, because I hear many Christians looking out there at the extremes and even the occasional ridiculousness of of Pentecostals. And so they just kind of throw their hands up and say, oh, I just want nothing to do with all that spiritual gifts nonsense. They'll say, I don't want the gift of tongues in my church because I don't think the modern use of tongues looks like it did in Bible times. Well, that, that might be true, but I'd also say this. If you have nobody using the gift of tongues in your church, then your church doesn't look like the church of Bible times either. So (laughs) let's all agree today that we just want to do what the New Testament says. Okay, let's use that as our baseline. We want to ag- we want to do what the New Testament says. And if you can say that with me, then grab your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians 14, and let's talk about what it says. As you're turning there, uh, let me just say this. Some of the confusion about the gift of tongues for today is that some of the verses in the Bible can kind of seem almost contradictory whenever you're trying to break down everything it says about tongues. That's because there's different ways that the gift of tongues can be properly used. There are proper ways to use it in private, and there are proper ways to use it in public. 
And so we're going to look at a few verses today on tongues, but we're not going to look at all the verses in the Bible on tongues. We're just going to focus today on what is the private use of tongues, and I'll try to emphasize the verses that correspond to that. And I want to show you this as we go through these lessons. Um, this is going to be the first in a three-part mini-series on the gift of tongues. Today is about tongues as a personal prayer language. Next Monday, I want to talk about the gifts of tongues and interpretation. And then on our last part, we'll talk about tongues and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So 1 Corinthians 14, starting at verse 14, it says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. So right there, this is talking about a personal prayer language. Praying in tongues means your spirit is praying for you. That's one of the principles we can pull from that verse right there, that your spirit is praying for you. That's the Holy Spirit inside of you praying for you. And it says this elsewhere in 1 Corinthians 14 also. Now, some ask, what is my spirit praying for me whenever I pray in tongues? Well, I don't know because it says it's it's in the tongues of angels or it's in a heavenly, heavenly language. My mind's unfruitful. I don't know what I'm saying. I have no idea what you're saying or what I'm saying if we're praying in a tongue. But here's what I could say at a minimum, okay? It must be something good because I'm sure whatever the Holy Spirit is praying for me, he must be doing a good job. Just like how the New Testament says that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, that he ever lives to make intercession for us. That means Jesus is constantly interceding for you and me. Now, what is Jesus saying? Well, I don't know. I don't know what Jesus is praying for me today, but it must be good because Jesus is perfect. And so his prayers are perfect. And if the Holy Spirit is praying for me, then those prayers must be perfect as well. So when you pray in tongues, I couldn't tell you exactly what you're saying. It's in a heavenly tongue. You might be granted an interpretation. You might be granted an understanding of it, or you might not. But either way, I think we could conclude at, at, at a minimum, at a bare minimum, that it's some good stuff. So some people read 1 Corinthians 14 and they think, well, I think it's teaching that we just shouldn't pray in tongues at all. It says it makes my mind unfruitful. I, I even had one Christian tell me one time, that 1 Corinthians 14 teaches that the gift of tongues is selfish because it says in 1 Corinthians 14 that it edifies yourself. He said it's selfish if you're praying for your own self-edification. So let's look at what else Paul says in this chapter. He says, I will pray with my spirit. So when Paul says that, was, was he trying to be selfish? Was he trying to teach us to be selfish? I don't think so. He also says in this chapter, I want you all to speak in tongues. He says that in verse 5. And then in uh, verse 18, he says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. So does that mean Paul was just this really selfish guy? Again, some Christians try to use 1 Corinthians 14 to say that tongues is being misused, and therefore we need to stop teaching or speaking about tongues entirely. And that's not at all what it's saying. Paul says the exact opposite of that. He says, I want you all to speak in tongues. Tongues is a good thing. We just got to do it the right way. So let's, speaking of the right way, let's just go back to the beginning of the chapter. Let's go back to what it says at the, at verse one, it says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. Here's how you know that there are different manifestations or uses of the gift of tongues. 
Because it says right here, sometimes it is to men and sometimes it is to God. Sometimes it's to be used as it talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, the spiritual gift of, of tongues and then giving an interpretation. And you do this for the edification of the church. That would be the public use. That would be when it's, you could say it's to men. It's for the benefit of men, but it needs to come with an interpretation whenever you do that. And then you see other times where it's to be used, as it talks about here in chapter 14, as a personal prayer language for self-edification. And verse 2 indicates that this is talking about the personal use of tongues right here in this chapter. He does talk about outward uses of tongues in this chapter too, but he does that as a contrast. He's doing it as a contrast to the gifts of, of like prophecy or the gift of interpretation. So verse 3, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. That's where it's talking about that self-edification right there. When you're praying in a tongue, you're building up yourself. Verse 5, now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. So again, he's, he's saying if you're in the public setting and you're trying to edify the church, it's not any good just to pray in tongues. We're going to talk about this more next time. But he says, give an interpretation too. Okay, otherwise, just kind of keep it to yourself. But it doesn't mean it's bad to pray in tongues. It's good to pray in tongues. He just says it's better to prophesy and to interpret what you're saying. So again, we'll talk about that next week. But there's a public gift of tongues and there's a private gift. And it's okay to use the private gift. But when you're before other Christians, like at your local church, your focus is supposed to be on benefiting others with your gifts. Okay, so Paul's bringing that up as a contrast right there. He says, when you pray in a personal prayer language, it's for yourself. It's not a bad thing. You just have to remember to use it, the right gift in the right context. Okay, Pastor John Corson says this in his commentary on this passage. He says, you ever feel torn down, worn out, caving in? Here's a weapon in the arsenal, a tool in the toolbox to pull out at such times. Pray in the spirit. Utilize your prayer language and watch your faith grow. So for me, I try to remember to do this at least once a day. For me, it's usually during my driving my driving time to work. I just kind of, you know, when I first wake up in the morning and I, I shower, I go in and I read my Bible, have a little bit of prayer time with God. That's my quiet time. And I don't pray in tongues during that time because my, my four-year-old child's in the next room. <laughs> so if, if I wake him up, then my quiet time isn't, isn't going to be so quiet anymore. But once I get out the door, once I start heading to work, I like to pray in tongues in my car on my way into work. And it's not a very long drive. Um, it's just a five-minute drive. But I'm like, well, hey, that's better than nothing. And also, that time with God is better than everything. If you have a challenge for me on this issue, send it to crossreferencespodcast at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to take questions or recommendations on subjects that you think I should tackle in the future. Now, somebody might ask why I didn't start by debating the idea of cessationism. This is the, the doctrine, I guess you could call it, uh, the theory, perhaps, that the, the spiritual gifts have ceased after the first century. If you're out there listening and you're a cessationist, um, hey, listen, I am not against you. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a different denomination probably than you are. 
But you know, I, look, I'm not here to try to be down on somebody. I'm not going to mock you. I'm not. I'm not going to do any of that. Um, but here's what I would say. Here's the challenge I would give to you. Um, personally, the way I look at it, I'm just trying to believe what the New Testament says. I don't believe that it ever puts an expiration date on the spiritual gifts to the church. Um, and I and I think if you think that, if you believe there's a an expiration date and that that expiration date has already passed, then I would say the onus is on you to make that case. So I wouldn't just hop on here and just start attacking cessationism. I would need somebody to make the case to me, and then I will respond to it. Um, but other than that, I'm just trying to do what I see the Bible saying. So I've I've heard, and listen, I've, I will happily listen to any argument you want to send me, but I've heard preachers try to prove it before. I just can't follow what they're getting at when they try to say that like their their logic just seems very faulty to me. I can't quite understand how they connect those dots. So if you want to try, or if you have an article or a sermon that you think makes this case really well, send it to me. My email is crossreferencespodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to talk about it on an upcoming episode. Uh, or if you just want to send me your own thoughts on it, if you want to interact with me on this, you know, please do. I'm not going to be, I'm not against you. I'm not going to attack you. Uh, I, I just appreciate the dialogue. So this is going to be a shorter episode than normal. <laughs> That's because I, I kind of feel like I just made my point uh, kind of quickly. So we're going to be a little quicker today. Hey, listen, when I talk for an hour, it's because I felt like I needed a whole hour to say everything I needed to say. And so this time I don't feel that way. So just hope you just trust me that I feel like I covered this. Uh, we're going to cover it more for the next couple of weeks. But I have two challenges for you today. Okay. If you're someone out there who doesn't pray in tongues, if you've never done it before, I've got two challenges for you today. And if you're somebody out there listening who does pray in tongues, I also have two challenges for you. Okay. But we're going to start with the people who don't pray in tongues. So here's what I would say to you. Number one, I'm just going to challenge you to do what Paul said here in the first verse of 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to challenge you to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Paul says, I wish that you'd all speak in tongues. Okay. He says that here in this chapter. He says that to the church today. It wasn't just something for the Corinthians. Look, if we just start saying, oh, that was just for the people back then. That was just to the apostles. That was just to the Jews. If we start trying to take verses and say, <laughs> listen, 80 or 90% of the Bible was written to the Jews. If we start saying, oh, well, that was just written to the Jews, we'd have to cut out a lot of Bible and say it doesn't apply to us anymore here as Gentiles in the 21st century. So what I what I would say is, um, un unless you can give me a good argument to the contrary, I don't believe that was just for the Corinthians. I believe Paul says that to you and me today. If we're part of the church, we need to do what Paul said and seek the spiritual gifts in accordance with what scripture says. That's my first challenge to you. Hey, all I'm going to ask you to do is pray about it, okay? When it says earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, it's not like you can go down to Walmart and, and purchase them or something, right? <laughs> and, and don't, I think we'll cover this down the road. They're not something that can be taught by going to a class at school or something like that. No, this is something that is just between you and God. So I'm just going to ask you to pray about it. I'm just going to ask, ask, ask you to ask God to show you the truth. And, and listen, when you do that, when you ask God to, 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 to uh, bring you into a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit or to, to help you find your spiritual gifts, any of that kind of thing, don't be afraid to pray something like that. Holy Spirit's there. To, he wants to help you. Don't be afraid something bad is going to happen to you 
if you pray for the gift of tongues? I think a lot about what it said in Luke 9, where Jesus is saying, uh, asking it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. And he says, hey, who among you, if you're, if a father, um, or if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? If he asks for an egg, will instead give him a scorpion? He says, if you know how to good give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So I didn't quote all those verses word for word, but that's the main idea here. You know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit? to those who ask him. So whenever you're going to God and you're asking in in faith and earnestly, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to, like, I guess I probably used to be afraid if I like opened myself up spiritually. I was afraid, you know, well, what if Satan might try to come in and, you know, mess with me or something if I, if I try to open myself up more to, to the Holy Spirit. You know, I think a lot of people have had fears like that, but Jesus answers that fear in Luke 9. He said, God is not gonna let something something like that happened to you if you approach him in an earnest way. So earnestly seek it, all right? That means don't you know, don't seek it so that you can be a better Christian than somebody else, all right? It's not about comparing yourself to others. It's about becoming the best you that you can be, to walk in everything that God has for you, to receive everything that comes with the salvation that Jesus achieved for us. Number two, second challenge for you today. Make sure you're here for the next couple episodes because over the next two Mondays, okay, these are what I'm talking about on my, on my Monday episodes of the podcast. I'm doing something else this month on Thursdays. But on Mondays, I'm going to teach about uh, coming up as other manifestations of the gift of tongues. I'm going to talk about the public use of the gift, which is tongues and interpretations. And then I last, I want to teach on tongues and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's how you receive the gift of tongues. And my prayer is that by then, you'll be ready to receive it. So if you've already received the gift of tongues, if you're listening along and you already have that personal prayer language, I also have a challenge to you. Uh, two challenges, actually. Number one, first challenge, use it. <laughs> That's all it. That's it. Use it every day. Many Pentecostal Christians, even Pentecostal Christians, will just let the gift go dormant. You know, And, I, and listen, if you do that, I'm, I'm not saying you've just lost it forever, but many Christians out there have the gift and they just never use it. I'm going to challenge you. Use it, okay? Take a, take a minute or two each day. Take five minutes and pray in the Spirit. Jude 18, which I feel like is a chapter that maybe is, is the most pertinent book to our lives right now in 2023. Because I, I believe it's right there before the book of Revelation for a reason. Revelation is about the end of the world. And I kind of feel like we're right before the end of the world. And I believe Jude is talking to that generation. So anyway, it says in Jude, they said to you in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Listen, this is what Jude is saying to those of you who live in tough times. He says, you need to be praying in the Holy Spirit, building yourself up in your faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. This is what praying in tongues will do for you. What good is it to have the Holy Spirit if you don't use the Holy Spirit? Actually, I would say I have that actually a little backwards right there. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is not about having the Holy Spirit. It's about the Holy Spirit having you. So what good is it to let the Holy Spirit have you if you don't let him use you? 
Pray in the Holy Spirit. It edifies yourself. It builds you up. A second challenge to those of you who already have the gift of tongues is to realize that you aren't done growing in your faith just yet. You have not arrived, okay? That's not the end of the faith journey. Tongues is actually kind of the lowest of the spiritual gifts. Uh, it's actually pretty baseline. It's it's like it's it's the it's 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 getting into the game. It's not the end all be all that some Pentecostals act like it is. It's the starting place for those who want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Praying for your self edification is not something that's selfish. But if that's all you care about, then you are being selfish. So don't just stop there. Don't just stop at getting a heavenly prayer language. You need to seek the edification of the church, of your fellow Christians. That means you have you have other spiritual gifts that you need to unlock. Um, I, you know, again, I'm going to talk about this more on the third lesson when I talk about baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's just the starting place, okay? That's where I, I believe you kind of get the ability to speak in tongues, even if you don't do it right away. But that's when that's that's where the gift of tongues comes from, is being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so, um, listen, that's just the starting place. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is not the climax of the spiritual life. It's it's supposed to be just kind of the next step, and you build on it from there. So anyway, to those of you out there who already speak in tongues, um, remember what it says in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 12. So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. So don't just stop at praying for yourself. Pray that God is going to use you to build up the church too. Pray that God gives you an interpretation or or an understanding of what your prayers are saying. Okay, you might receive it. You might not. But we need need to follow what the Bible says. Okay, so don't stop at just praying in tongues. Pray for understanding as well. Pray to know the mind of the Spirit within you. And also, pray that you will prophesy. Because remember what it said in verse 1. Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy. That shows me that prophecy is for everybody too. I don't think just tongues is for everybody. I think prophecy is as well. Tongues is just the beginning, but God calls us all to prophesy. Listen, if, if, if we couldn't all prophesy, if that wasn't our potential in the Christian life, if we didn't all have the potential for that, Paul wouldn't have been telling us to strive for it. <laughs> He's not going to tell us to shoot for something that we could never hit, that we could never have control over. This is in our potential if we grow in God far enough. It starts with tongues. That's the beginning. But there's more spiritual gifts ahead of you if you learn how to connect with God on that level and, and, and dig into those things. So God calls us all to prophesy. If you've got the gift of tongues and think, okay, well, I got tongues. I can check that off. I'm done now. Wrong. God has more in store for you. Pray that you would prophesy too. That means pray that you would be able to speak the words of God over anything, over any situation, that you would know what God's mind is, what God's heart is about things. Pray that you would re- receive and walk in everything that God has for you. I'm going to pray that for you as well. I'm excited to talk about this for the next couple of weeks. So whether you already pray in tongues or whether you've never done that before, after this lesson, you have your next steps. I'm going to close up for the day and let you get started on that. Thanks for listening to the Cross References podcast. This has been Luke Taylor reminding you that the early church was Pentecostal.